Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the international edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, and there is no Anne. She's working, but I've got the next best thing. I have the bald bombshell, as he <laughs> so aptly calls himself, none other than my co-host from Ghost Chronicles International, Steve Passes. At least I'm not the bald Bombshell. The ball bombshell. The ball bombshell. Whatever. No, anyway. the gold standard on that show. Yeah, well, you're not on that show, are you? No. <laughs> no, no, you're just a commoner here. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> Haven't made the grade yet, then. Yeah, yeah. You might be in the House of Lords on the international show, but you're in the House of Commons here. <laughs> well, see, I can mix it with the trash. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what are you saying about your government? <laughs> Was I saying anything about our government? Anyways, we are broadcasting live right here on TojiNet and Parax Radio and who knows wherever else we are going to be. So, there you go. We really ought to find out where else we're going out, shouldn't we, one day? Because we, <laughs> we always say that, is it, on wherever else you can. I know it's on iTunes. Yeah, it's on iTunes, but I mean there were other channels that carry it too. Yeah. It's on tune. It's on TuneIn. Uh, I know that. It's on. Uh, I don't know. You just, just Google the damn thing. Let me do all the work. <laughs> Anyways, well, just, just curious because like you know the cop out is and available on all good internet radio stations. Right. So if it's you don't have our show, you suck. It's as simple as that. There you go. Then you know. Just, I don't mince words. At my age, I don't have to. Anyway, moving right along, uh, we have a public service announcement. Have you seen uh, what you believe is a sea serpent off the coast of New England? Oh, what's this all Please about? Please message me. Please message me. And yeah. if you haven't, you, you can join me on uh, Facebook. Ronald Kolick is my Facebook page. And you can message me and tell me all about your experience with the sea serpent on the coast of New England. Or Go you on, can just what's, email what's me. What's this all about then? Email me at anyghostproject.com. I'm working on a project and I'm looking for anyone who had seen a sea serpent. Off, I've seen it. Off the coast of New England. Oh, well, there we are then. Let's there you on. go. There you go. I may talk to you in the future, but right now. No, it's just that I have a funny sea serpent story. No, we've heard it before. Have you? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. When you were on Coastal Watch, and this was frantically up there. The one. Yeah, see, yeah, you don't think I listen to you? You don't know. Me. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so has there been another sea monster sighting off New England coast? No, not that I'm aware of. Oh. So, anyways, uh, did you read about this poor woman from your part of the country who married a 300-year-old ghost pirate? Oh, and... it all went very badly wrong. It went badly wrong, didn't it? Well, you know, never trust a pirate. Mm. So, are you aware of this story? I am very aware of this story. Right. It's been kicking around in our tabloid press for quite some while. Right. 
Um, but yeah, it all went badly wrong. She. Um, it's clearly evident she uses too much makeup, but that's besides the point. Well, she trusted a pirate. I think that was the big mistake. Really? Oh, it's never going to end well, is it? Uh-uh. So uh, yeah, she married. She married a three hundred year old pirate, and then had to. Uh, yeah, because because he was dead. In fact, he was long dead. He was a ghost. But now yeah. she, she requires exorcism. Well, you know, she uh, she also We're back needs to the, the rusty uh, hook again, aren't we? She needs the uh, cosmo. <laughs> yeah, I'm going over that one. She also needs the cosmopolit- uh, cosmopolitanist, anyways. Her God, she's got more makeup. She's got blue eyes and that go up to her forehead. Poor one. Who married her, anyways? Uh, who conducted was the ceremony? You? Was it you? Yeah, I was wondering. It if definitely you... wasn't me. No, I, I, I'm as I said, I'm aware of it. I don't sit there and you know, sort of like pour over every detail of it. You know, there's a no. mad woman. She wanted to marry the ghost of a pirate. Yeah, so what? I'm, so, I'm. How many minutes of my life can I waste reading that sort of rubbish? Well, how many minutes of your life do you waste on the flat Earth Society? Um, a little, but not as much. <laughs> not as much as you might imagine. I do. Mm, maybe. Uh, it was a, it was a legal that. ceremony. I'm finding out the details right now. Uh, yeah, uh, she wed a 300 year old pirate in a legal ceremony ceremony in 2016. Uh, the 47 year old wed Jack, who died in the 1700s after being executed for thieving on the high seas. Uh, she said she was forced to stop romping with the ghosts. At, oh, she was romping with them after her health deteriorated and claims her marriage landed her in the hospital. <clears throat> from Northern Ireland, uh, maybe alcohol was involved. Uh, after two weeks of marriage, I started having health problems. It started to get, uh, oh, she started getting a reoccurring Peri perianal abscess? What the hell is that? Perianal abscess. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a painful condition just uh, around the butthole. Oh, and was wait a minute, wait a minute. She shouldn't be romping. Okay, I get that. So, anyways, the uh, the ghost uh, affected his, this may be rusty hook right now. <laughs> uh, the ghost affected health. Uh, I know the symptoms of possession in the part of its ill health. So she's concerned. Oh, the poor thing. Well, that's what happened. The last straw was oh, the last straw was when her dog Toby died. I presume the parrot's all right. Yeah, the parrot's okay. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean. She can't have been playing with the full deck anyway, could she? I mean, like, there's two things wrong with that story. One, she married a dead pirate. And two, he was a pirate. Yeah, there you, you go. don't trust a pirate. You know, rule one, isn't it? Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, uh, in May last year, Amanda nearly died after developing sepsis. Septicemia. Yeah, there you go. And realize when her wedding is this ring... Is what it, is this what it's come to? I, I'm just a translator now. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> most of, I hate to tell you, most of my co-hosts are, because I, as you know, I murder know. the, I murder the uh, English language. Uh, yes, yeah. I, I expect uh, to be arrested sooner or later on this. Uh, when her re- wedding ring came off, 
for surgery, and her husband had been stealing her energy. No. Oh. That's how she Psych got Psychic yeah. vampire as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pirates, he, they, pirates, they can't help themselves. They just have to take things. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a big mistake. You know, rule oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. ghost school is don't marry yeah. a ghost of a pirate. Right. Amanda worked as a Captain Jack Sparrow impersonator and paid a whopping 6,000 pounds. I guess that's pounds because it's got a funny number. No, yeah. Simple ahead of it. To change her name legally, and a shaman priest performed the ceremony. Some shaman, he couldn't understand that this was not a good thing. All right, so I, I think we should uh, put that yeah, one to bed. Bury that <laughs> one. Yeah. Mm. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I post these things, and sometimes I don't get to explore them as well as I did there. And that was way too much information. You see, that, that's, that's the point I was making Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't tend to uh, look at them in any detail because that's a, you just you've just realised why. Yeah, that's right. Although it's amusing because it, it, it as crazy as I am, it, it makes me look sane. You know, that's the way I look at it. <laughs> I'm just saying. There you go. Do each so, their own. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued about sea monsters, as you know, because I oh. uh, one of the things I like. Well, you, oh, you might be you might be hearing from me in regarding this. So oh, okay, yeah. But uh, anyway, just before the air, by the way, I wanted to uh, mention uh, that uh, to you that in Borley Rectory, the the nun. Well, I mean, this is your part of the country. You want to explain a little bit what the nuns' walk is and, and what the the short story is on the essentially Borley at Borley Rectory, uh, the family were so, so, several of the children of the Bull family were returning on the twenty eighth of July, a long time ago. I can't remember the exact date. And around the, around the turn of the uh, early twentieth uh, century, nineteenth century. Um, and as they walked back across the um, gardens, they noticed the figure of a nun. Um, now, the nun, that was on the 28th of July, that particular year. And the nun is reputed to have been seen on other um, occasions linked to and around the 28th of July, but also following a particular path um, along the border, uh, border of the garden. Um, which gained the name of the Nun's Walk. Okay. Hence comes the ex explanation for this Nun's Walk. Uh, an octangular, octangular summer house overlooked the Nun's Walk at the edge of the Borley Lawn. Uh -huh. In the 1940s, an underground stream was discovered flowing beneath the path. Period periodically, dense clouds of small flies swarmed along its course, providing the explanation for the sighting of the nun. So she was just a bunch of flies. There we go, then. All explained. Yeah, that's so who it. Do you who, do you who do you think explained that? Was that Nickel or uh, 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 who's Wiseman? Got who's got the name on that one? I, th nobody signed this, believe it or not. That's a shame. Um, I've heard it before. Oh, you have? Yeah, the swarms. I, I wasn't aware of it, because you the, and I talked about of... Borley many times. and Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, there are, there are lots and lots and lots of uh, tales where you can never hope to cover them all. But that particular one, I can't remember who said it now, but it's it's actually not really credible. 
um, because the stream runs in a different direction to the path um, that followed by the nun on the nun's walk. They're almost at right angles to one another. Oh, okay. Um, and 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 the location uh, of the majority of sightings of the nun, the mm-hmm. spectral apparition of the nun, are nowhere near the nun's walk. Really? Hmm. She she has been seen at very close proximity on a number of occasions, but it's more often associated with her leaning on the uh, gateway, on the gatepost of Borley Rectory. And, of course, uh, I'm looking at the famous picture of <coughs> Harry, your boy, Harry Price, standing mm-hmm. solemnly on a peaceful spring evening in 1945 as a small cedar casket holding the bones of the woman uh, skull who was, jeez, oh, I mean, we should uh, kind of like Marie, jump. You mean Marie La? Yeah, you know, we, we really, I mean, we started talking about this, like, because you and I both know it, but we really didn't explain anything, did we? Did we, we talked about the, the nun a little bit, but uh, the romantic story of it itself. Well, uh, the, the romantic story doesn't come from Price. It comes from um, um, Canon Fithian Adams. Yeah, um, whoever that is. Who wrote a letter to Price after the publication of the first book, The Most Haunted mm-hmm. House in England, because the nun doesn't make an appearance in that edition um, with, with any sort of uh, you know, credibility to the story. There were stories circulating about the place being a convent, but Price himself dismissed that out of hand. Mm-hmm. He said historically there wasn't one there. Uh, the nearest one was a beautiful... Nearby, beautiful, right? Yeah. About two or three mile away. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, uh, but Fidian Adams, Canon Fidian Adams, um, wrote Price a long, lengthy letter containing a theory, which Price put down verbatim in the second book. And actually, uh, there was some semblance of support given to this idea that uh, from a seance that was undertaken by Sidney, um, by Glanville's family. Glanville was Price's assistant. Uh, so, so what was the theory before we get into all of the... Essentially, that, well, there were two versions of the theory. Essentially, that um, a nun and a monk um, either fell in love and were... This was in roughly the 13th century. Uh, well, the dates, the dates, because the, from the sounds you get the 16th, 17th century and a slightly different version of the story. So either the monk and the nun ran away, mm-hmm. but got caught whilst trying to run away, uh, right. them together. He ended up getting beheaded. She ended up getting bricked up. Yeah, uh, that's one. I've version. also heard he got hung too. Yeah, there's there's, there's different versions. Yeah. The the other version is that she was um, taken. Uh, from France, from the convent in France to uh, Waldegrave, um, the family that lived on the the land then, the, the lord, the lord of the the manor that had the estate, mm-hmm. um, and that she either was killed, uh, killed, killed herself, died, or something terrible and untoward took place to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, her spirit still still lingers on the site. And in fact, um, there was evidence of, uh, when after the building had burnt down, and uh, it was demolished, it, was, it burnt down actually just before... As it was predicted, 
right and during well, the year. the prediction was exactly was almost exactly a year out. Yeah. Um, and predicted during the seance, the Sunex Amores, uh, this this strange spirit that nobody, yeah, it doesn't the name doesn't mean anything. Uh, people have speculated as to what it means, mm-hmm. but they predicted that they were going to burn down. Uh, that he would, he and his cohorts would burn down Bordy Rectory. Uh, the following night, he said it during a Ouija board seance. Mm-hmm. Uh, needless to say, he didn't. And then a year later, the uh, the rectory was burnt down. Uh, yeah, well, didn't exactly. the fire start where, where he yeah. said it would have? Yeah. He didn't say exactly where he was going to start it. He said in the middle of the building. And oh, the okay. fire took place in the in the central hallway where Captain Turner was um, uh, packing or unpacking some books and knocked over mm-hmm. an oil lantern. Uh the insurance company didn't quite believe his, his story in its entirety. Um, mm. uh, but anyway, I mean, the building wasn't totally destroyed by fire. Um, it, no. was da- it was damaged and would have been, had it been anywhere else, repairable. But it was, it was an ill-loved building anyway. Nobody really liked it. It had no electricity, no running water. It was remote right. from everywhere. It had God knows how many bedrooms. Um, you know... They couldn't. The church were trying to give it away, basically sell it for a a peppercorn, uh, just trying to get rid of the damn thing. So, of course, once it burned, nobody really wanted it. Nobody. There was no. It was perfectly savable. It was perfectly salvageable um, and repairable. But there was no incentive to do so because it was in such a ridiculous place and it was such a ridiculously large building anyway. Mm-hmm. So they demolished it. And in the demolishing of it, they found another, uh, they found some human remains in the cellar, uh, which were analysed and found to, by a pathologist, and discovered to have, or reported to have been, the bones of a female, or the skull bone, the jawbone in particular of a female, and some other bits. I'm actually looking at a picture of the jawbone. Uh-huh. Um, which is pretty interesting. Which, which had also apparently been predicted during these seances earlier, that her body would be found um, buried beneath Borley. Which brings us up to this picture, famous picture I was talking about, where uh, well, Harry yeah, Price once they had the bones, but that yep. was that was the second set of human remains found at Borley. Oh, oh, you're right. Was there was a, a skull in the cupboard. There was a skull in a brown paper bag in the cupboard. Yeah, um, which which predates um, Price's one year investigation. Um, to go back to the to um, the incumbency of Guy Smith. I see. So, would now was the skull in the cupboard? Uh, was that male, or female? Uh, it was never checked. It was never looked at. It was given to the um, uh, sexton and told to go go bury it. Yeah. So they did. There you go. Or some some versions of the account say the gardener, and some people you know, some versions of it say the sexton, so mm-hmm. it could be buried in in the churchyard, which almost invariably is what would have happened. They're not going to take a human skull, um, and then just sort of kick it into the into the long grass. Um, they, you know, it would have been given some sort of proper burial, and that would have involved the churchyard of Borley. But of course. The jawbone and the bits of the skull that were found underneath Borley are buried at Borley Church. They're buried at Liston Church because by then the two the two uh, parishes are combined. 
And so the, the primary parish then was listing. So the, the photograph that you're looking at and which everybody's seen of Price and A.C. Henning, the Reverend A.C. Henning, standing side by side with a, a cigar box, essentially. Um, they say a cedar casket in this one, so I can... So I can I'm just saying what it says. I'm not... In fact, I think he actually... What, I think it was a cigar box. Mm, okay. Made of, made of, you know, it was a wooden cigar box. Oh, okay. That would that be somewhere. That I think, that, yeah. Um, I, in fact, I have one from my my father when he, he was alive. He used to smoke uh, cigars all the time. <laughs> so it was something along those lines. I'm sure it was a, a, a wooden cigar box um, that the remains were put in. And, of course, the site's still there. You can go along there. There's photographs I've taken... We've recreated that photograph as well, standing on the spot. You can't. It's very difficult to get an exact comparison photograph today, um, because obviously there's more recent graves that have been put in. Uh, but it's very easy to determine exactly the precise spot where it is. Um, but you can't get a decent sort of straight line photograph. If you remember the shot I took at Spirit Quest, or brought with me to Spirit Quest over. Uh, Three or four years ago, the ectoplasmic uh, glasses. No, the one that was actually superimposing the modern shot over the modern view of the graveyard over that famous. Uh, oh yeah, 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 that's right. I can see that there's a modern grave that actually sits straddles, uh, or the skull pieces are in between two two modern graves. Ah, ah, there you go. Mm. So anyway. All right, so that's I guess we we talked about that. I just uh, I mean it's an interesting case. There's so much going on, and uh, you know we had uh, Lloyd Arbeck uh, on the show yesterday on the international show, and we talked very much about how we could, as paranormal investigators, bring uh, the laboratory to the uh, field and 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 the difficulties involved in it and stuff. So Price did do some attempts to to do that, but. One of the same problems that we do nowadays, except you didn't well, have TV, TV to deal with. Well, do you know what? I I um I don't entirely think. Yes, we can't. Lloyd Lloyd made the point several times uh, about saying that you can't get you know, take the ghost into the laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was saying that it's also very difficult and expensive and time-consuming to take uh, science to the ghost, to the haunted house, plus you then have mecha- uh, problems of mechanisms of control. Mm-hmm. You, know, they, you can't do certain experiments because you know it's an uncontrolled environment. No. Well, I mean, obviously, that's, that's perfectly true. Uh, however, the, those same conditions apply in many areas of science. You, true. You can't, you can't control the cosmos, for example. Um, so... Uh, astrophysicists and astronomers have to make observations under those conditions uh, biologists can't control nature so if you if you're a biologist who's studying lions or tigers or great white sharks you have to study them in their natural environments and gain whatever information you can from a situation that you have no, next to no control over and yet that information is acceptably you know, it's accepted. It's published in Nature. It's published in Astrophysics Weekly or whatever the, the, the hell they use. So 
it's perfectly possible and perfectly within the realms of good science and good practice to uh, make and obtain measurements in field. Because it's, it's one of the basic tenets of science uh, and of the sciences, of the life sciences and environmental sciences, mm-hmm. that you have to make do with what you've got. So true, so true. So I know we're coming up towards the break, so I do want to go into other, some other things. But uh, I'm also looking at a, a uh, you know, you, two minutes. Have you got your coloring book open there? I do, I do, I do have my coloring book. And I'm looking at a picture of, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, psychical researcher William G. Rawl. Bill Rawl, yeah. Yep, you've heard him. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's got a dental meter. Do you know what a dental meter is? What? A dental meter, D-E-N-O meter. No. I it's a do, devi- I, I, device what? that measures electromagnetic activity. This is right. from ni- 1988, uh, aboard the Queen Mary. And uh, it's it, looking at it, it's a, it, you know, this is from 1988, so it's a big box. And it, it has a wire coming out of the box and is attached to basically a metal circle. So I'm not sure if that is uh, a coiled circle or just a plain metal circle. So it somehow measures electromagnetic activity. I'm not quite sure how he's doing it, but uh, anyway, it is what it is. But Uh, also interesting. The denometer is just an instrument, isn't it? That's not going to... It's probably just one of those old valve type things or early transistor things that's now disappeared. Yeah, from the 80s, yeah, it'd probably be transistors, I would think, so, anyways. But uh, interesting book, lots of uh, history of the paranormal and so forth. And so uh, I managed to pick it up at the library from, from their, their book sale. Ah. Get some good good buys there sometimes. You get some great things. And this one, it was. I, I definitely saw that thing on the uh, – the nun, and I wanted to ask you about it, but we have to take a break. So anyways, you're listening to the international version of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick, right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio and iTunes or wherever else we are. Tune in. Uh, tune out. Zone yeah. in, zone out. Yeah, we'll be back after the following massages. you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about, then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. guessing that Ron's going to expect me to bring this back into part two because this would normally be the, the, the Anne, who is the blonde bombshell, who is sadly unable to be here tonight due to work commitments. What do you mean, sadly? Well, then, I wouldn't have to stay up till stupid o'clock. <laughs> yeah, but I'm happy. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, you're, so you are listening, in fact, to Ghost Chronicles, not the international, but the, ne- the next generation international edition. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, see, in well, fact, we, the... we could also be the morning edition now because it's sure. There we are because it's morning. Uh, my God, I'm looking at all the places that carry the show. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they're they're all over the freaking place. Wow. Places I never heard of. Potosee, uh, uh Scratch Radio, Pod Toppin. Uh, what the hell is this? Listen, no uh, Owl Tail. Wide pad, <laughs> and that doesn't even count the TV uh, shows, which are all over the place. God, there's a lot of people who listen to this thing. I'll never do this again. This is scary. <laughs> all right, moving right along. Caught you now. What's that? <laughs> address your complaints too. Yeah, address it to all. Yeah. Anyways, um, oh yeah, we have the new Ghost Chronicles Next Generation YouTube channel too, so you can go catch us on there. Uh, which we we ran into a snag on it. Uh, Anne tells me that YouTube is trying to stop us from that show because it's copyrighted material. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it happens to, our, it happens to uh, the West Files all the time. Which every, is not right time. since we I own uh, it. Are you playing any music? No. It's the ending, which I own. <laughs> I recorded um, 20 years ago. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference. YouTube will still put a strike against it that you have to appeal. I uh, will. If, if there's any music, you have to prove to them that you're not stealing it because they will partially mute the audio. On, or, or, they do it to us all the time on Pure West, on the crazy, West Files. Crazy, crazy. This is why we don't, which is why we don't book, yeah, use YouTube for broadcasting. Uh, mm. It can also happen nowadays on... Um, Facebook. Facebook, and also, uh, what's that other streaming service we use? Um, oh, Got me there. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, dif- uh, paranormal investigating. I was asking about the demo meter and everything else, and and uh, y- I am speaking to the author. I'm speaking to you on the, a thing called the K-12. Yeah, that thing. Uh, no, I'm speaking to the author of the guidance notes. What, what is that, Steve? Are we? Yes, I am. Oh, I thought we had a guest. No, I am. I'm speaking to the author of it. 
You are what, what is this guidance notes thing? The guidance notes was it was a project that uh, back in 2016 um, I realised that there was a big disconnect between uh, the Society for Psychical Research here in the UK and the ghost hunting community uh, to the extent that the ghost hunting community didn't know of the SPR uh, and the SPR didn't really care that they uh, they didn't know about them uh, because they were you know quietly getting on with what they do. Um, but this actually flies in, in the face of history because the SPL have always been actively involved in haunted houses and spontaneous. Yeah, but a lot of people don't even know who the SPR is. Well, exactly, and this is this was the problem I identified in 2016. I went along to the conference and I said so, and but it's easy just to criticise. You've got to come up with a fix. And one of the problems I realised is that uh, the SPR hadn't really done anything, and in fact, its own notes of guidance. It's like uh, best practice for ghost hunters, um, which 50 hadn't been looked at in 50 years. And okay, I mean, there was still a lot of it was relevant, but there was a lot of things that, you know, things have moved on in 50, half a century, and it did need uh, reworking. Plus, um, there were other there were other proposals and suggestions which are following. Um, and, and the ball is rolling with those also. But the first of these was to uh, re, uh, re, rework these guidance notes. And they gave me the task in 2017. Basically, they said, go and get on with it. Then uh, commissioned me to rewrite the guidance notes for uh, investigators at haunted houses, apparitions, poltergeists, and similar phenomena. So not ufology or... Although many of the same criteria do... Uh, right, which is interesting. same apply. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... That, that has had, uh, weirdly, a, a double book launch... Um, first being in in um, April and the second being in May, both mm-hmm. at the same location uh, in London at the SPR headquarters. And the reason there was a double book launch is because uh, we oversubscribed the first one by a factor of 100%. So we had to hold really? the second one to get them all in. Um, and the book is still it's still kind of being launched because for the rest of this year um, I will be taking it on the road in a series of um, talks and presentations at different paracons and um, conferences. But it's it's not a you must do it this way. The SPR are ordering you to do it this way if you, you know, or we won't speak to you. It's basically saying that this is a, a condensed Guide drawn from 150 years of best of, of of experience of investigation. I mean, the SPR have been investigating haunted houses since the 1890s, and have been involved in many of the landmark cases that that we've even indeed that we've mentioned tonight um, at Borley, at Enfield, um, at half a hundred other the you know, the world's most notable. British and European locations were investigated by members of the Society for Psychical Research. And there is that experience um, sitting there that can be drawn up from. And so the guidance notes are simply that. They're not a you must do. They are, a, these are our, this is what we found works best for us. Um, 
this is what we found works best in these situations. Um, the book has been available on Amazon. I think it's available both sides of the Atlantic. In fact, no, it is available Amazon worldwide to carry it. So .com.au.ei.ie your eu and of course .co.uk and it's um well it's 10 pound or whatever the currency conversion is Mm -hmm. so uh yeah uh 75 pages and interestingly um you know i've been steve i've read read a a good portion of it and there are a lot of uses for it even if you you know you think you know it all uh it's still good it gives you a refresher course on on things you you probably should be doing uh, usually did but have been uh neglected and and and, uh some new things that uh you know makes you think about different things so it's it's a great little book and uh easy read well you know, this this idea that you know you know you, you know it um, and you only you don't need to be trained or taught or refreshed if you think about all of the things like me, the medical profession the military um, the the law enforcement they have continual training they they will repeat repeatedly train on situations airline pilots in the simulators because that's the most and best effective way to properly learn and to you know, learn how to carry out is that you don't just read a book once and then throw it away and say, right, I can do it now. Is right. that you continually revisit that book and refresh yourself and um, you know, continue to refresh your training. Right. It's essential. It has to be essential. I mean, it, it's the basis that if it wasn't so important, then all of these really important people like, Doctors, nurses, airline pilots, astronauts, the military, armed force, uh, the the uh, right. law enforcement. They wouldn't do it, would they? They'd just be trained once and then, you know, go. No, I mean, and and all fairness, you know, all all your uh, compliance things for in- industry safety and so forth, they're all updated. Uh, yeah. I know my son updated the, recently at his job. He updated all the safety uh, uh-huh. uh, manuals because they have to be refreshed. And and exactly, uh, yeah, uh, you know, some standards are standards, but there are also new information available all the time and well i mean if you look at for example uh, the the 50 year old guidance notes which covered the enfield case mm-hmm. um, where it was considered to be acceptable for the two male investigators predominantly male investigators to spend time in the bedroom with the two sleeping teenagers mm-hmm. now you could do nowadays <laughs> well i mean it would it would be grossly irresponsible even though mm-hmm. actually i've seen it done on um, the ghost hunters i'm sure you have uh but so you, you have written also two other books you've written paracoustics and you wrote uh, ghostology and ghostology is is similar to yeah. the guidance notes isn't it only more detailed uh, yeah it, it's kind of weird now because ghostology is um, which was written first. It was the mm-hmm. it was the second of the three books, but written two about two three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's not a how to. It's a discussion about. It's a more. It's a very in depth discussion about the techniques and methods and the pros and cons for each. 
that we use in ghost hunting and the equipment and, and all the other stuff. Um, now, since the guidance notes have come out, um, people have said, uh, well, they're a bit, where can we get more information? What you should do is um, you should write a more complete book that goes into greater detail. I went, ah, I wrote the, I wrote the, uh, the sequel before I wrote the prequel. <laughs> Just like Star Wars, right? <laughs> I did it the Star Wars way around. Yeah, I did, there you I go. did the two books. But, I mean, Ghostology um, mm-hmm. is entirely your fault. Oh, yeah, I get the blame for everything. It is entirely your fault. The whole mm-hmm. idea, because I always used to, as you well know, when we first met, I always used to make a point of saying, I don't have any books to sell. Mm-hmm. It was like my unique thing, because every bugger was an author. Everybody, True. you know, everybody I met said, oh, you know, they're an author. And and I said, well, I'm not. And I could never envisage writing a book because it's, I mean, I've, I've got you know, how many, how to hunt ghosts, how to invest. There must be six yeah. books. Oh, yeah, time. absolutely. And I thought, well, there's no point in me joining in that market because, you know, it, it's probably the most crowded market space. Um, and I, I can't contribute anything fresh to it um, mm-hmm. in terms of. Um, so I wouldn't bother, but then because I've been doing ghostology, the I don't know what you want to call it, step workshop. Um, workshop, the workshop's good. But, mm, weekend great. work, ghostology, the weekend workshop, and I needed course notes because I always felt sorry for people when I see them sitting there and they're, they're not really engaging with the the workshop because they're so busy frantically scribbling stuff in notebooks. Oh so yeah, yeah, I hate that. Look, you don't need to do notes. Uh, there's some handouts. So I did a load of handouts. And then, as you know, we were printing out one set because I always used to give oh, them handouts. Oh, my poor dot matrix printer. I always used to give them the handouts out on CD so that they could take them away and print them themselves. Um, mm-hmm. But I needed one one copy of the guide of the uh, course notes. Mm-hmm. And you complained and bitched that much. Mind you, that was the point. I... And paper and it's like, well, that's when I realized that how big the, the the course notes were and how extensive they were. Okay. And I thought I could make this easier on myself and on everybody else if I just published the damn thing as a book. Yeah, which it did. And it's a which good book. Did, but it's then, Ghostology. But then, check it out. Also, check out the the uh, note files as well. But I, I have another question for you anyways, and okay. we're going to go off that topic a little bit and go back on to something else. And that's because I was looking through my coloring book here while you were uh, uh, get babbling on there. So any, anyways, the, I came across something that seemed more common in the early days of ghost hunting than, than it is now. And that's spirit writing. Uh, you know, at Borley, it happened at Borley. Um, you know, there are many other cases. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Eileen oh, Garrett. Which? Eileen Garrett was, uh, you know, uh, so there's a lot of different ones. How come we don't see that spirit writing as much as we Are we talking about that? spirit writing or are we talking about automatic writing? There's well, yeah. Because well, what happened at Borley? What happened with Borley wasn't automatic writing. It was that writing just appeared on the wall. Right. Uh, rather in the biblical sense, if you remember. Um, one of, which Was it Nebuchadnezzar and the hand appeared on the wall and the moving hand wrote some something on the wall and moved off and did something else? Right. Uh, at Borley, what was happening was the, the, the words would spontaneously appear um, on the wall. Um, 
and people would write little messages underneath and then fresh words would would appear again so it was sort of like the k2 on the end script uh k2 in pencil pencil you go pencil they use pencil now did they see the writing uh, occur in borley or or no it was never actually witnessed to to appear but it Mm -hmm. uh there were a number of occasions where it appeared very quickly between inspections or was noticed very quickly because some parts of the the wall had been written on so many times it was getting really quite crowded um (laughs) And in addition, that's a shame uh, that brought down, boy. <laughs> in addition, the um, when fresh writing or fresh words or letters uh, had appeared, uh, the investigator was supposed to sort of put a ring around them with a pencil, so that they know that they'd been noticed. Oh wow! So you can imagine with all these words, and then the investigators writing their own messages underneath, and then pencil circles around everything. It, it wasn't surprising that on some occasions things weren't noticed immediately. Now, Price always suspected, um, strongly suspected, it was... Um, uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember the name of the vicar now. But his wife... Bo? No, 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 the third one. The mad, oh, the mad, one. mad oh, one that wow. ended up in America. Oh, what the heck's his name? It was, because, it's, because it's so late... I, Whose name would, would ordinarily just trip off my tongue. Yeah, um, I know. It just has uh, I... now gone poof and just disappeared. Yeah, I'm trying to find it as <laughs> speak, but yeah. So uh, you know, I had a, actually a, a case myself uh, on a lighthouse where that same thing occurred. Is that uh, the lighthouse keeper? You know, the, in, in the lighthouse keepers, they they're pretty much regulatory and what their work was you know they had a log different things in all the time and they used to always keep a log and they, and they always kept the, like the pencil and the desk and everything else and they would come in and and they would find the, the uh, pencil missing and at the very top of the stairs otherwise you were a place where you would need a ladder to get to there would be messages written on the wall <coughs> and uh they'd find that the uh pencil on the floor below so it, it's it's you know it, there seems to be instances but we don't hear too much about them they, they're kind of like glossed over everybody wants to use like fancy equipment are and they, stuff are but they glossed over or are they just just so out of fashion now that that the investigators do you think it is you think that's what it is really? i mean you, you think back a few, a few years ago everybody was busting the gut carrying emf meters around emf was the big thing wasn't it mm. everybody right. was you had to have an emf meter to be credible uh, then instead of just measuring EMF with your Alpha Labs Trifield EMF or um, your self sensor, your self sensor or your Dr. <laughs> Gauss, um, you then used it as a people started because they weren't getting any sense from the measurements that they were making, so they started mm-hmm. to talk to them instead. They noticed these fluctuations and, and thought that there was uh, communication going on, which of course developed into a more uh, sort of active pursuit of EVP, which had been going on anyway with cassette recorders and early digital recorders, but then you had the advent of the Frank's box and thing. Was that Lionel Foster? Uh, yes, Lionel Foster. Okay, sorry about that. It that was, was, his, Reverend, it was his wife. That it was, was the Reverend wife. we were talking about. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yes, his, his, Marianne. 
Yeah. Yeah. She was okay. the one. Was uh, everybody? I'm, Price was uh, always um, of the opinion um, mm-hmm. that she was actually writing. But she was mentioned in the writing a few times. Well, right? that doesn't well, doesn't make any difference, does it? I mean, you can put your own name on the wall. Right. True. True. Fair enough. But that would that light would show some mass paper. prayers. And in fact, oh, she that. was writing light mass prayers. Is what. Um, one of the things that was written. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, when, when, uh, it was written Wasn't there in a Help Me too? Or help Me, Marianne, or something like that? No, Marianne wrote, um, How Can We Help You? What Do You Want? And the Spirit apparently wrote Light Mass Prayers. I thought there was also when it said, Marianne, please get help. Please, please help. Get, get. Please send three and four. Please help. Get, yeah. yeah. Please send three and four pence. We're going to a dance. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the the the, fo- the the drawings, the the writings were were properly documented by Price. Which is a good thing, you know. And pho- you know, there were there were dozens of photographs taken of them um, mm-hmm. and copies made of them um, because they were a transient thing. You know, they're not going to last forever. And this is what we're talking about these these uh, fads and fashions. So things like at the moment. Um, out of uh, out of favour at the moment is measuring temperature. Nobody does oh, yeah. it. Nobody does uh, it. And bothering with automatic writing. Why should they sit there? It used to be quite popular 10, 15 years ago. You would have somebody in the group or um, even on Most Haunted it was, it was done uh, quite right. frequently where somebody would sit there with a pencil and then just scribble and scroll away and pretend mm-hmm. that they've, it was spirit that was making them do it. When clearly we all know you... Oh, um, ye of little faith. <laughs> uh, but it's now much easier just to put your app on your iPhone. Or get this is out true. Or... We, we have gone too technical. And, uh, you know, that's... Well, oops, Cal again. How the hell do you know we're always on the air? Always listening. Damn. You know what? Right. All done. All done. Okay. I pulled the plug on it. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, that's I. I don't think it's any less, co- um, in, in terms of practical usefulness. Um, well, so just, we, have, just, we have kiddies. It's just not uh, done. EMF meters, in, right? Yeah, it's just not done anymore. Right. Um, it's just fallen out of favour with the investigators. I don't think any conclusion was ever reached. Uh, I remember. I mean, we've tried yes. it in parasites. We've yeah. we've had a number of uh, experiments where we have left messages, written messages, mm-hmm. um, and never had a response back. Right. We have done the same as well. I, I like I said, I, I've known a couple of cases where I have run into uh, spirit writing on uh, on and uh, supposedly in these cases, and uh, you know those were always intriguing to me. I thought. Uh, but once again, they were never seen as they were written, only uh, would appear there. Well, that lighthouse one reminds me of a trick we used to play on our teacher at school. Oh, you're so mean. <laughs> well, we used, to, we used to tape a pencil or chalk to the end of, of a, stick, um, yeah. a long stick. Yeah, and yeah. then write, write, write right. rude messages on the top of the ceiling, uh, the top of the wall. Yeah, we were talking about a deserted island with just the lighthouse keeper and his wife. A little different. <laughs> what, neither of them could stick a pencil to a stick with a bit of uh, well, I kind of slept slept together, you know, which is you know, yeah. Most married, interesting. Yeah, most married couples these days don't 
So well, you know, that was not now, it was then. So anyway, uh, I would tend that as... as, as... I'm, I'm not saying that, that I, I simply said it reminds me of a trick that we used to play. Yes, I totally, absolutely. I mean, we could always come up with the theory on how it was the best, done. The best trick we ever played but it on doesn't mean that that's the way it was done. We had, No, I didn't say it did. Uh, we had a teacher who taught uh, religious studies. And she was she was a member of the Salvation Army and a brand new to first year teacher, fresh out of teacher training camp. Oh, God bless. camp I know. And um, we we one Christmas or in the run up to the Christmas holidays, uh, we played her for forty five minutes Russian carols, and she was enthralled and captivated by these Russian carols, which were actually just normal carols, but we'd okay. put the we put the uh, the reels on the reel to reel tape recorder on backwards, so yeah, 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 yeah. So they so we, they sound so they sound like Welsh carols. Huh? No, they sounded like well, I don't know what they, they sounded like. They were in fact <laughs> backwards, but we explained to her that no, that's how you know that's Cyrillic. Which is so funny you bring that up because I, I just watched the uh, a show from Wales and. Uh, it was uh, always raining. No, yeah, it was always raining. But <laughs> they were playing. They so were playing Welsh, Welsh uh, carols. Welsh. Uh, uh, is that what you call? What do you call uh, the church songs? Carols. Carols. Or, yeah. Or Welsh hymns. Um, hymns. The carols at Christmas. Or Welsh, hymns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Welsh hymns. And hmm. you know, it's, it was very similar. You couldn't really understand the words or anything, but uh, it's intriguing. And and it always goes back to the 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 same thing. Oh, two-minute warning. Thank All you. Right. Well, I don't know. I've, I, I just wonder where you go with this. I have no idea now that I've got distracted by the two-minute warning. I had lights. What's quite, what's, quite, what's quite funny is that um, because both my boys don't have – it's compulsory. They learn Welsh at school. Mm-hmm. And so um, they, they, they're actually quite, quite fluent in Welsh. Mm-hmm. Um, but down the years, inevitably, because I'm English and I've lived here now for 12 years, you start to you also start to pick up the language just because right. you're there. And uh, many oh, that's of the time, a- I was in London a couple of weeks ago, as you know, and I walked into a local supermarket. They they served me, and as she handed me the money, and I, it happened once in America as well, um, where I just pick up the change and say "dioch." Yeah. Which is, of course, Welsh for thank you, because I'm oh, so cool. saying Dioch, Dioch and Val. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, what I was going to ask is, is there a cases of Welsh writing? Uh, you know, we, we always see English yes, writing. Yes, there is. Okay, yes, good. There is. Very good. Welsh uh, spirit th- writing? Uh, yes, there is. There are several and a very famous one, but we've run out of time for it. Which We have. So, uh, you, I hear you're going to be at a conference somewhere? Uh, June the 9th, and we'll be having the conference organizer on Ghost Chronicles International next week. Next week, and uh, you can... That's uh, UFO and Paranormal con- uh, Conference in Newport, South Wales, not Rhode Island. Oh, okay. You just killed all my audience. But anyways, <laughs> uh, you will be over here in uh, September and October. Uh, you'll be here for Spirit Quest uh, September 27th, 28th, and 29th, and you'll be doing a bunch of other events as well. Yeah, lots so. of other good things. Yeah, maybe and even looking for sea monsters again. So, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, Steve, how could they do that? Pray. Um, Parascience at btinternet.com. So, and it's not often I give out my email address, but it's not a private one anyway, sir. So. 
So that's the end of this show, and uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, Steve, thanks for staying up till after stupid the stupid o'clock. Stupid o'clock. So till next time. Good night. God bless everyone. Good morning. God bless. Yeah. <laughs>